You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Black Sales After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Black Sales After Show. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's that music I love so much every week. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Afterbus Studios Black Sales Recap Show, episode three or I I I. I think that joke's not going to get old. Nope, we're going to keep welcome, it going. Welcome, welcome. I'm your host Ryan Hooks. Today we will be talking about not just another pirate show, but the pirate show. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the panel tier today we have Miss uh, Roya Tahiri. Hello, everybody. I'm and here. Uh, Mr. Uh, I don't <laughs> even kidding. care. I'm so excited that I can't even wait to you finish talking. <laughs> Special guest today, Mark Ryan. Hello, Ryan. How are you? Hey, thank you for you joining doing? us today. Yeah, you're very, very I, I caught welcome. you off guard with that quote at the beginning, didn't I? Ah, yes. I was very proud of that. Yes. yes. Not just another pirate show, but the pirate show. Quoted at the Comic-Con. In New York, indeed. Yes. So, yeah. welcome. Thank you for joining us here today. Let's talk you're about Gates. Welcome. Talk about black sails. Talk about everything we love about pirates. Yes. Let's, let's get into this. First what? time I gotta say I'm re- oh sorry no, no, it's, it's, <laughs> scared you. It's all the energy. <laughs> I'm really in here. I'm really excited that you're one of the characters I actually like on the show because it'd be really awkward if you're one of the other characters that I just can't stand. So oh. thank you for being Gates. Thank and, you for being the likable, yes. trustworthy, ever diligent Gates. Yes. Can you believe that? You know, I mean, I've been in this business 35 years, and I end up playing a likable pirate, <laughs> and not just a pirate. Yes, but a likable, friendly, loyal pirate. We like that, you know? Yeah, you know. So actually, I want to go right into a question immediately before I go into anything else. I had a, a fan tweet me this week about a question for you, and he wanted to know what it's like to be in a cast, in a show about pirates, where there's no clear heroes or villains. Um, I think that is one of the best elements of the writing of the show is because it, it, it isn't clearly defined as people aren't clearly defined. We all have different traits. We all have these different facets and little, you know, things in our psyches which make us different and make us angels or demons. And, and sometimes, you know, they come out of us as, as human beings. So I think that that adds to the reality of it. There, are, there are, Everybody's got some clash of ethical imperatives within their character at some point like human beings do and there, there is doubt and there is mistrust and there is misunderstanding and there is anguish and uh, it, that makes it a drama um, more real to me so I think it was you know, it's a credit to the writing that, yeah, uh, it's great writing totally explores the grey area if you will of, of human, life humanity human, absolutely especially during this period of time where there was prevalence in the grey area absolutely living the pirate life for me Pirate, I pirate jokes will never get old on this show. <laughs> we try to limit them to at least five an episode mm-hmm. or less. So the the intro one doesn't count, though. Yeah. No. The I, I, I. So that, that's, that's the title. My, they didn't, yeah, they didn't number the show appropriately with titles. Yes. They gave me Roman numerals. So <laughs> next week I'll have to come up with something else because, you know, there'll be an IV, mm-hmm. which won't play. No, it, it will. I'll okay. make it happen. It'll make it happen? Okay, <laughs> we'll work on that yeah. for next week, guys. Yeah. Thanks for Come tuning on. in. Yeah. Make it happen. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about this week's episode. Sure. Uh, so you were obviously there during the filming. What did you think of this episode? Uh, this was one of my favorite episodes for various reasons, um, not least of which was the negotiation scene. And um, I love working with an ensemble where you're bouncing things off each other yeah. and you actually get to ad lib some stuff uh, occasionally uh, in the, this type of scene. And Neil Marshall, who was the director for this episode as well, is a wonderful guy and a good director. Um, it, you know, he allowed us to bounce off each other within the scene. And I, I love working with Toby Schmitz. Um, he's a great deliverer of the little, you know, quirky, you mm-hmm. know, humor type things. And uh, it's to me, it was a fun scene to do, specifically when we went outside. Yeah. And, and what you can't hear is when on the second bit, 
um, John and uh, and Robert said to me, "Can you just go outside and ad lib some stuff as if you are shouting at him outside?" And so I was screaming and shouting this stuff, most of which was you know too profane to be kept in. <laughs> oh, there's other other stuff in there. But I remember that I ended up walking. We walked back into the scene, and the crew were curled up with laughter, apparently because some of the stuff I said. So it was a great fun you. scene uh, to do. Yes, and we actually got two good scenes uh, in this episode where there was a a community of people talking because also with the silver storyline where he's creating the map for you guys and you're getting more information about the stuff he knows right there's a little bit of a joke in there as well where silver makes a comment you know you might kill me in three weeks but you know what we might be friends by then too (laughs) and i like the fact that we got to explain some of the background with horny gold who was also a real historical character and so that explains some of the background their relationship between gates and horny gold that he was you know his one time he was his yeah. quartermaster you know and uh they have a relationship so all these people are slowly building these layers of both political and social you know, so this is not the end of the royal lion because it kind of fell off at the end of the story we kind of disappeared uh i think you'll find that it comes back i think you'll find that the royal lion is very much a part of the storyline in the later part of i mean the, if uh, we need a pirate ship battle we need at least three major pirate yeah, ships. you know hey my lips are sealed on that one <laughs> but absolutely Good but, try, good try. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to keep trying, too. That's what we do here. <laughs> keep plugging away. Uh, <laughs> all right, so in this uh, episode here, we had a couple of good storylines. and uh, We're developing a lot more characters, a lot more plot looking at that. So we meet Miranda, who we met at the end of last week's episode. And in some fashion, we feel like she's a friend. But in some fashion, there's comments about her maybe being slave-like. Or is she a sister? A long lost... Am I really reaching for that? I might be really reaching. But I kind of got wow. the... The vibe. There I, was a sexual tension, but then there also wasn't sexual tension between them. Well, there's which, there's two things that I would say that make me want to argue that. Okay, go for so it. So the very, very end of the episode, uh, Flint shows up, takes her into the bedroom, shuts the door. Doesn't mean anything. Like, Doesn't mean travel. anything. However, <laughs> the, throughout this show, yeah. as I've commented on the last few episodes, yes. there is a, a great amount of commentary that is political based on either monarchies or you know democratic, that sort of thing. She comments several times about Marcus Aurelius in this episode. They read Marcus mm-hmm. Aurelius with Guthrie, and she also reads a quote from it. Marcus Aurelius was famously known as a Roman Empire leader who got in his position based on the women that were around him. So is she the woman that's around him that's causing him to be in the situation he's in, the power that he has, basically? Still doesn't really argue my point, though. But it does <laughs> create turmoil. Was there a scrabble in Marcus Aurelius? I forget. You know, I can't remember that. Was there scrabble in there? Of course, there's okay, scrabble everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just get you know what? It's good to go. I've got Wikipedia and Google. I don't know. <laughs> Tells me everything I need to know. So, anyway, so we meet her, and we get a little bit of her background, and we also get to see that Guthrie is back. Glad Mr. Guthrie. Mr. Guthrie. Yes, John yeah. is back. And I don't like that character. I don't like him. No? No. We haven't explored him enough, I don't think. Uh, I know, but his relationship with Eleanor really bothers me. You're supposed to be a father figure, and I want to know why he is the way he is to Eleanor. Because in that period, it was was very much socially the way it was. I mean, it's... The women did not have the power that they... they, For the freedom that they do today. But to me, it sounds like she could save him, and yet he doesn't want to take any... A part of that, or help her, and... So that kind of just, to me, bothers me. I, I should probably be, be looking at him. So. There could be a more to come, I would think. Uh, could be I know. I, I think this is a good that situation way. that he's in with Miranda here because I think she's going to have a big influence on him. You know, because she's mm. the woman in power. We've got a lot of powerful women in this show, which is great. Yeah. And they're very strong actors, very strong characters. And I think that she's going to have a big influence on Guthrie and maybe changing his mind. And we might see a, a good side of Mr. Guthrie to come. Well, yeah. When that happens, then I'll let you know. You'll, you'll let us now, know how you feel. I wish that bullet went a little bit more to the left of him. So <laughs> I think that relationship will be revealed in the next couple of episodes mm-hmm. of why their relationship is, is as strained and as difficult as it is. And obviously, um, Ellen is trying to build this, uh, her own business, you mm-hmm. know, which at the time, again, would have been quite a, a task against this machismo uh, society of pirates running around. But there were a lot of strong women. There were a lot of female pirates as well. So, hmm. and Especially in the, the town that they're in. I mean, this is a very male-dominated society, especially because they're all pirates. And, you know, to have this woman who's in power and basically running the island by the way it looks is probably rubbing them the wrong way a little bit. Uh, and I think we learned a little bit more this week, too, about 
their history and their relationship because she commented on you can stay here and I can help you and we can do this together yep. or you can go back to Boston and you can be chastised by your family and your father and your brothers who are going to leave you outside to listen through the door well because you're not in the business. You're just a little nothing to the side. So, I mean, it's, is it him trying to prove things? Is Did you it, memorize this dialogue? Did she do this every it show? Every time. That's why I love just sit, being on this side um, and just listening. <laughs> I do have a, a very photographic memory. I'm so. very impressed. Yeah. I have a really bad memory, so it's perfect. <laughs> See, I mean, memorize it, the whole thing. I, maybe I read it online. Who knows? <laughs> I stole it out of your car. <laughs> Won't be the first time. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, and so there's some commentary there about that that past, and could be very much why he's trying to be strong-willed as to what he's doing, and you know, they he drug his wife and Eleanor to this island to prove himself in some fashion. I would say. So, I mean, I think there's some dynamic there that we're gonna have to look into more. Well, yeah. I want to see it, and when I, I, when I see it, then so I will. I'm maybe... willing to bet that you will. Okay. Well, I would. Yes. <laughs> So well, I want to know, too, with this Miranda thing, we have this situation where she is talking to the pastor who shows up. Um, do you think that that's part of the, a major plot line that's coming up? Because he, apparently he shows up every single week on Wednesdays, and she welcomes him with tea this week instead of acting surprised. And they talk about a sermon, and they're talking about love and sacrifice. So is there foreshadowing with sacrifice to come? But the thing is, when she mentioned that to him, that, you know, she expects him, she brought tea this time. She knew that uh, the sermon, the guy had brought, what well, had someone watching over. Yeah. Because she mentioned mm-hmm. that to Flint in the very beginning. Oh, he, someone else must have spotted you come in because now he's uh, sent this person to watch over. So she knew he was coming and she knew what she had in her house. So maybe there's more to it. Maybe I lost to... your question. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Because maybe to keep him out of the house. Mm-hmm. So that way they can keep uh, Guthrie hidden. In the house. And then she fixed her shirt to make a little more bosom for him to see, maybe. I don't know. But he kept looking. Distract him. Do yes. what you got to do. Yeah. Here's yes. some tea and some bosom. And talk about it, too. <laughs> yes. Make it even more anyway, obvious. The question is more targeted at, at the sermon and how she comments on, uh, you know, the writings of the Bible and the the sacrifice, basically, that Jesus made in the Bible. Um, and it was the suffering was for mankind. But she commented on, do you believe that? Is the suffering that's happening, is it necessary? I think she's got an interesting voice in the show, the character. She's got this, again, almost got a foot in both camps where she's trying to stand by Flint, and this will be revealed in the course of the future episodes, but she also understands the situation that she's in yeah. uh, within all of this, you know, tucked away on this small island in the middle of nowhere, and uh, dealing with what could be described as hypocrisy. You know, there's a lot of hypocrisy as well as intrigue going on and, and gossip. There may be a big thing about gossip at the, sure. at the time. So um, she's got an interesting uh, uh, voice in the show, Miranda Barlow. And I think she's so. well played as well. Mm-hmm. She's, as are all the female characters job. in this. Oh. <laughs> I mean, how does it feel to be around all these great female actresses that are showing people up on stage, you know? Oh, it's great. I love it. You know, I love being in the middle of all that stuff. It's uh, it's terrific. To watch. Uh, particularly uh, Jess is one of the... She's so talking so about Max. Oh, Max. She's so good. Yeah, she was great. She's this week. such a good little actress. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so we, uh, we've got a lot of good women here and we've, we're getting some good reviews as we you know, we're talking about earlier today. Um, so this week we saw viewership of episode three. We have yet to get numbers. But we'll talk about next week, but last Tomorrow. week, episode two, um, we saw that since episode one has been released, six million people have tuned in and checked out episode one, yep. which is great. Um, uh, and also, with last week's show it was during the Super Bowl over the weekend, but where they still maintained a 93% viewership for the weekend with 2.3 million viewers and also a 99% viewership retention on the premiere day. So on Saturday night, when the show came out, 99% of people that watched last week watched this week, right? Which is awesome, which is huge because it's phenomenal. That's what we need people to keep watching. And I, and I, I like, I love the quote. That's why I started with it because you know, there's a lot of stuff on TV right now and I watch a lot of TV. I host a lot of shows here at after buzz but there's nothing like this right now. It's unique. And we said this, you know, at both San Diego Comic Con where the reaction was just phenomenal and in New York. And it's interesting to me how these things unfold. And we talked a bit about outside, about there were some people thinking, oh, there's going to be an explosion every 30 seconds because it's a Because of Michael Bay. Because it's Michael Bay. And then when you actually, it is revealed to be a paced and complex drama within a pirate show. People are going, oh, but we're waiting for the ships to come back and blow each other up again. You can't please everybody. Right. But it is a show. Uh, the story arc over eight mm-hmm. hours 
has to reveal slowly these people, their sure. relationships with each other, how they interact politically and socially. You have to do that. You have to establish who these people are in this world. And that takes a little time. But as I said to you, you know, don't get lulled into a um, false sense of uh, being comfortable because there's big There's, there's pirates to come. <laughs> to come. <laughs> there's pirates to come. Yes. Yeah, and I actually commented on that last week. Uh, an article that I read um, by the producers, it was talking about they're trying to create this development of characters and they want you to associate with them so that when it comes time for this stuff to happen, you're going to associate with those characters and you're going to see what they feel and what they fear with what's going on, what it's like to take a ship and be in that situation, be scared. Um, and they're really wanting people to connect to those characters. So. I think th- I think John hit the nail on the head. He said uh, in one of the conventions, one of the talks we did in interviews, he said, you think you know this world because you've seen stuff about pirates. People think they know this. But really it's an area that's not been dramatically explored not at all. in depth at all. And so that's why there's nothing like it on, on television at the moment because the depth of this history the intrigue, the different spiritual, political relationships between the countries that were waging war against each other during this period is is immense. It's epic. There are epic tales. And so um, I think John hit the nail on the head with that when he said that. It's, you think you know it, but really it's not an area that's been historically uh, explored much in drama at all. And I think with a lot of the reviews that I read, that's the part that I would disagree with the most in terms of I like the show for that aspect, for the layers and for the drama and for the character development because that's what sucks you in. And that's what makes you want to keep coming back every single week and watch next week's episode because you want to find out, you know, is Gates going to be captain of a ship? You know, is Silver going to do something to make himself stand out even more and survive? You know, is Flint going to kill somebody? So, that, again, that's what I... <laughs> somebody else. Yeah. Okay, somebody else. Are, are Flint and Vane finally going to go round and round? That was real? a chilling scene, let me tell you. I was there uh, and watching that scene. And there are some scenes that are so well done that you kind of sometimes go, whoa, that was... And I, again, I got quoted in an interview because somebody said, well, what was that like? I said it was genuinely disturbing. I mean, I've choreographed big sword fights, big battle sequences mm-hmm. where I've got arms and legs flying in all directions. I've Kieran Knightley stabbing people in the throat. and but, yeah, Big little, stuff. Little King Arthur know, for everyone there. All over the place. Yeah, but that was actually genuinely watching Toby do that. And what you can't see was the dummy's head that was built like a skull for that. Toby punched it in. He literally punched in the plastic model skull of the body. And everybody was going... Oh my, he's, you know, he'd really got into it. And his hands, after he finished, his hands were swollen. Mm-hmm. And we had to put him in ice because he was, you know, from he, smashing he, the cannonball. From smashing the, 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 the dummy's head in. And it was genuinely, um, it was genuinely scary to watch it, watch it, watch him do it. It was great performance. Fantastic acting. That's what we love. <laughs> smashing heads in with cannonballs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the scene in the show tonight, the rape scene. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. That, that was yeah. Yeah. a very chilling it. scene, even you know, knowing uh, it was fake. And we were there waiting yeah. to do our stuff, and we just I said, I'm sorry, I can't. I'm going to wait over there. Well, don't come back to us, and you can film us aside. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you guys were filmed at a different yeah. angle. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's a brutal scene. Well, I don't know how to follow that <laughs> other than uh, talking about iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I love transitions. It's my favorite thing in life. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the Black Sales After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, you want to check us out, find out more, you can check us out on iTunes. You can go on, you can rate our show, you can leave us questions, comments. Uh, we can get more questions from Mark Ryan even after he leaves. Uh, we're getting a lot of communication out with a lot of people in this show. So if you there's something you want to know, let us know on iTunes. Check us out. You can rate us. Give us a five star. Make us the uh, most watched Black Sales recap show on the web by rating us and letting us know what you think. Go for it. Thanks Absolutely. for tuning in. Yeah, we were almost there. We are at number four at one point for top downloads at AfterBuzz. All Just right, saying, yeah. Number, number four, right. Number four last number week uh, on the rankings here. There's mm-hmm. 67 AfterBuzz TV shows. We go over 100 countries worldwide. Uh, all free content for you guys because we're here for the fans because we're fans too. Yeah. There you go. Well, so am I. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so am I. And again, I've said this publicly. I do a lot of these conventions and stuff like that where, you know, obviously for Transformers, but I'll probably now will do for Black Sales. And I, I grew up with Star Trek and Doctor Who and The Man from Uncle and, you know, Land of the Giants and Voice at the Bottom of the Sea. I love that stuff. So for Absolutely. me, it's very exciting when I go to these conventions. There's actually people there that were in the show. But you love those Doctor I Who characters. Go up, I, you know, I go up. I knew John Pertwee. He was a great guy. So I love to go up to people 
people that I saw went, I saw you, you as a kid. You scared the crap out of me. You're part of the reason I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all have those early influences that make us want to jump in this business. And here we are, you know. So, um, back to these lovely scenes from okay. Black Sales television okay. show. Absolutely. So, yeah, we had two great scenes in this episode, I think, that really stood out to me that were the n- less dramatic. Uh, the confab scenes, if you will, were you're debating the monetary values of what's going to happen uh, when the treasure's found. Right. Because we need, we need more crew, we need more ship, we need more men. Uh, basically, this isn't going to happen without the help of someone else. So, you suggest, after your conversation, um, that you could potentially seal the deal and captain... The uh, royal, help me out here. The oh, the money goes ship. The royal line, yes, money goes ship. The royal line. But there's a little bit where you maybe get down on yourself, and maybe you're a little too old to be a captain now. That was uh, again, Calico Toby Jack. Schmitz. There was that. I'll say this because it's true, and a big shout out to Toby Schmitz. That we we did that scene. And it, it, what you don't see at the end of the scene, I know at some point in the proceedings they're going to do, they'll do, you know, the, the extended version where you, where you'll see the bits that they couldn't compress into the episode. But actually what happened at the end of the scene was we actually, he finishes that and I turn down and we sit down and look at each other across the table, almost as if I am surrendering and going, I know you're right. What are you, what are you suggesting? What are we going to do here? And it was like a little button on the scene, and maybe when they do the extended version on the DVDs, they'll, they'll, they'll put that in. But at one point, Neil wanted me basically to to tear up during the scene, and so actually there was an actual uh, a version of it where I sat there and I actually just a, a little tear ran down my face. And at the end of it, uh, when we did the cut, I think we did like three or four takes of it, and, and Neil was very happy with it. Um, the, on the last cut, the uh, cast and crew applauded and um uh i was sitting there going i don't I, you know you feel a bit sort of you know self-conscious but i knew it was a good scene yeah it was and scene. uh yeah brad fuller who's platinum dooms man on the set um and you know he's one of the exec producers of this and, and a very good man he was out there with us for for quite a while he came over to me and he went well done that's that was pretty pretty moving scene yeah. and you could feel that in the in the scene where you know you could feel like you were you know am i too old for this at this point to be this captain and is this something that's a good idea for us to help us achieve our goal but the secret is it, it acting is like a, a really good game of tennis or playing against anybody that's better than you or as good as you you play out of your skin it's like me working with toby stevens it, it you play it's off each other's strengths mm-hmm. and I, so i said to brad i said yeah but you know you've got to have somebody to play with and if it wasn't for Toby, I couldn't have got where you wanted me to go because you need this somebody to push you there to push to push you there. And so Toby did that scene really, really well. He's an excellent stage actor, uh, and as well as a screen actor, he's 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 had a lot of experience on stage, and so he's he's really honed his craft. And yet that made that to me that again that made that scene work. So you know, maybe what? one day it'll be in the extended. Well, version, I would hope so. The tearful version. There. We'll save that for the. Uh... Uh, next year's uh, parts coming out when they advertise for the season two. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, and you'll see what happens. It'll, right. it'll unfold. You know, Mr. Gates becomes Captain Gates. You know, I'm not giving anything away there, but um. well, and it, it, it sets up this great scene. So now we have to come up with this new partnership. Uh, so we have a meeting with Eleanor, with Captain Vane, with Calico Jack, yep. Gates, and Flint talking about this partnership. Right. It was one of my favorite scenes in this episode. Just the going back and forth, and then when Gates would pull Flint out in the back and start yelling at him like he was a child. I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> it was just great. It's like, maybe I didn't tell you this right. Maybe I didn't tell you this Maybe, right. I, yeah. yeah. You misunderstood yeah. what we were talking about and why we're here. Yeah. Right. The entire meeting, not just the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. immediately. Let's try and make this thing work. That's why we're here. You agreed to be mm-hmm. here, so let's try and make it work. And then when uh, Flint does it again, uh, Jack goes, I'll give you a minute. <laughs> like, go, ahead. go ahead. Take yeah. your time. He played that yeah. so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, we got it. And there was a really funny comment then too from Vane to Eleanor when they're mm-hmm. in there by themselves. You know, are you surprised that I'm the only one that's in here behaving? Because mm-hmm. he sat in the corner the whole time and was quiet. Which the whole time he was doing that coin thing, I kept thinking Pirates of the Caribbean because of Jack Sparrow would do that with the co- the coin. There was a big discussion about that. I mean, and I think as as Zach was practicing that, 
it was discussed about would it be too much Pirates of the Caribbean because um, uh, Sparrow does that, and I and I, I I don't obviously they decided it was they weren't worried about that, mm-hmm. so they kept it in. Oops. It's a cool little character <laughs> twist. I mean, if you think back to other actors, Val Kilmer has done that in several movies, um, most notably as Doc Holliday in Tombstone where he does the little coin thing, but he did it in eighties and he played in real genius. So, I mean, that's, he's not a pirate though. I know, but <laughs> it's, been done, it's been done in the cowboy genre. Mm-hmm. It's been done in the college drama. It's been done in pirates. Right. So I know, but if you're trying to, for the whole pirating and like pirate and trying to be a different, trying to be the pirate show and you want to stay away from Caribbean of the pirates or pirates whatever, you know, Caribbean. pirates of the Caribbean wrong way. Um, then that would be, so that was an interesting version that they went that way. That they actually did that. I think it was just a personal little thing that he yeah. wanted to do. It's like me and the tattoos. You know, yeah. again, when you're trying to flesh out a character, um, and it's a unique character there's nobody seen before, um, and it's the first time for an audience to to get into a character's head, if you like. You, you know, an actor tries to bring little things to it that he personally can add to it, like the tattoo. You know, I wanted to do that. and I was I'm actually going to ask you about that. That yeah, was yeah. my question, the too. The tattoo on the knuckles, and you got yeah. that on the back of your head. So yeah. what does that tattoo mean? Well, for me, it was um, part of historically what happened was the uh, Tudors, um, Elizabeth I, when she originally brought the privateers to bear in terms of waging war around the world against the Spanish, the French, the Dutch, and just about everybody else, um, uh, they had an agreement. They were allowed, these the guys were allowed to go sailing the seas and attacking foreign shipping willy-nilly when they wanted to. And they were given them letters of mark to show that they'd been given permission by the, the English Royal House to do that. Once it became politically expedient that that shouldn't happen, and they, they'd made peace treaties with people, suddenly those guys were outlaws. And they became pri- uh, uh, pirates as opposed to privateers. And a lot of the uh, secret societies, if you like, that were involved with shipping originally, like the Knights Templar, who had entire fleets of ships, then were excommunicated, of course, um, in the 12th and 13th centuries. Uh, they were the people that really understood shipping and seagoing trade and seafaring. They brought the astrolabe, uh, I believe, with their trading associations with the assassins, the cult of the assassins. They had a lot of swapping of ideas spiritual and medical uh, you know and navigational aids and so um it was a quiet nod it's the it's the eye of horus where people going to me what well, is uh, it's a masonic thing it's it's to do with you know the, the illuminati and all that it's not it's to go back to the eye of horus which is a protective symbol and also a concept of you know having a protective eye around you, looking around you all the time, and uh, and so. But the reason it's in the triangle is because just it's a nod to the the societies that did that. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually commented a little bit on the very first episode because it starts off with a quote and talking about pirates being enemies of all mankind, right? Because they were originally hired by the English, to, you know, to stop shipping from the Spanish, right? Attack their ships and take their stuff. And in the conversation with Hornigold, where he's talking about your friends in Edinburgh, you know, I yeah. actually talked to John about this. I said, are we talking about our friends in Edinburgh? And just outside of Edinburgh is a place called Roslyn Chapel, mm-hmm. which is one of the original homes of the Knights Templar. And I said, are we talking about our friends in our friends in Edinburgh, or are we talking about his friends of James? And so we talked about that for a while. We said, which way to play it? And he said, well, keep it in the middle. So we kept it, kept it in the middle. So there's a, it's a double, it's got like a little double meaning that it's it's, it's about yes, it's about James's supporters, but it's also about. Our other, maybe our other friends. Our other so, friends in power, right? Uh, yes, our other well, friends in power, secretly, yes. So, and I, actually, with that, you're talking about getting into characters that no one has ever seen before. One of the things I've commented a couple times that I really like about this show is there's nobody, in terms of the actors that play the characters, that are like, that would stand out to me that I would know them from any other role. So, do you think that that's been a part of the success of this show? I mean, everyone's done a large amount of things, but there's nothing like, you know, you see a Johnny Depp character, you think of him as Jack Sparrow, but there's right. no actors in this show that I would think of immediately from first seeing them from another role. I guess it's kind of interesting. I never thought about it in that way. I know that Zach obviously is well known to right, Zach McGowan is because of, yeah, but Zach is, is, McGowan is known because of, of Shameless. Shameless, yeah. But this character is 180 degrees in totally the opposite different, direction. Right. The Do long you know, hair and, you know, yeah, completely. Still dreamy, but you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> different shirtless different and character. all. And obviously, Toby Stevens was was known for his bad guy uh, in Gustav Graves. In, yeah, in and Die Another Day. Die Another Day. 
but he, he, we all look so different. I guess I've got association with Transformers and Robin Sherwood and various other shows that I've been involved with. But this is a diff- completely different look. Yeah, it's a totally different look for everyone. So there's nothing that stands out. Do you think that, that, again, has to do with the success then? Because, you know, sometimes you see a show and you see an actor that you know from another show. You're like, oh, that's the actor from that other show. And it sometimes is hard to associate with that character because you think of them as somebody else. I think when you, when you are originating a character for a show like this, a lot of care, and I have to say, when we got to Cape Town, a lot of care and time discussing costume, discussing the tattoos, discussing bits of our, or even our weapons, the choice of the weapons that we carried, uh, uh, personal weapons on the set. Uh, a lot of time and energy was spent with that, personalizing it as much as we could, and lots of experiments we've done with shapes of beards and hairdos and, and all kinds of stuff to make it look singularly unique to that character for this show. And and it's obviously paid off because, you know, you're, right, you're yeah. sitting here telling me that it looks different, you know what I mean? And, and it adds to the uniqueness of the show and helps, I think, the audience step into this world. The, 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 and I can tell you because of the sets, when we stood on those sets, when we stood on those boats, you were in that world. Yeah, for sure. You were taken there. It wasn't difficult. You were in a in a Nassau town of the 1700s where 360 degrees, you look around, you are in that town of that period. You know, um, sometimes you have to switch off and forget the green screen is behind you. <laughs> a little bit. Behind you. But um, for the most part, particularly on the boats, wow, when you st- stepped onto those boats, and you're in costume, and everybody's there, and the ship's rigged, and all the extras were there. You, you're in that universe. And, and I, I read a really good article that commented on the grandness of the complex that you guys were filming on in Cape Town, uh, that people would stop by because they thought it was a theme park, and they wanted to come see it. Well, you, you said a very interesting thing about looking out from the from Yeah, the in forces. the scene when you're talking with Captain Horngold, uh, I made a comment when uh, we were watching the, the show about how great the scenery was. None of that's there. I mean, we are, we are looking out over literally the African tundra, basically, the African plain, with the township of Kyalicha about two miles in that direction, an airport over there, a freeway over there, sometimes earth movers and diggers and construction things running around all over the place until you shoot action, everybody stops. Uh, so, you know, you just have to kind of block that out have a mental green screen if you like mm-hmm. and be in the ball of consciousness with the other actors and just forget that that's there but I mean that is a testament as far as I'm concerned to the genius of those guys at the CGI that have done that work I mean that looks yeah. you would not know when you look at that 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 is as I'm describing it um, you never not, know there was a green screen I thought right. it was totally a great view off the top of a castle no. looking out into some boats uh, and the castle's not there either so <laughs> I can tell you that I walked up a scaffold up a path to a scaffolding thing with a little thing on the top of it so that's all CGI and fantastic work it's very well done yeah. for sure I comment a lot I watch a lot of TV like I said and I have a really high definition television so for me it's good because I can see a lot of times what's been faked because my TV shows the details so realistically that sometimes green screen work looks overdone and looks fake and you know watching the show I've yet to say hey hey, that doesn't look fake at all so it's great work for them and definitely nods Ryan approved (laughs) it's Ryan approved if it's Ryan approved then it has to be good TV it's it's one of the interviews I got uh, asked about what difference this show will make to television and I wasn't being pretentious about it I I think that what's being shown in this show is the future of where cable television and television will go this is an eight hour film it's every episode looks like it's cost 200 million Mm dollars and the production values are incredible the acting's fantastic and the depths of the story the complexities of the character interactions are real and gritty but are fascinating to watch it's a bit like watching, you know, look, people say about watching a road accident or something. You, you can't you, look away. Going, oh, but you can't look away. And that's um, that's part of the elements of it. But it, this process started 30 years ago with Robin and Sherwood, with, with Showtime and Robin and Sherwood. And a very good friend of mine who was in that business then prophesied then that one day cable TV would be the deliverer of high-quality, high-definition drama to not just America but the world and here we are this is the reality it's the golden age of the new golden age of television and stars even commented on that in a couple articles because the show was obviously renewed for a second season before it was even aired right so the eight episodes were filmed and they said you know what we're going to go ahead and 
back a second season of this. And they're saying that we're committed to this and we believe in the show enough that we're going to put the money behind it and the, the time and budget behind it to make this show happen, you know, and to make it look as good as it does. So, I mean, that's great for stars and them, you know, throwing their hat in the ring and saying, listen, we're going to do this. Well, the, you can't, you can't deny the numbers. Yeah. I mean, you said what, six million, yeah, six million have first. already watched. It's only been about three weeks. So the mm-hmm. second one retained its, its original 98% or yeah, 90%, 99% retention. The original audience watched it even though the Super Bowl was on. Yep. And this weekend we've got the Olympics starting. Yeah, and it only, mm-hmm. it only dropped 7% for the whole weekend. Right. Again, because 111 million people watch the Super Bowl. Right. So. Right. So I think people are willing to stick with things, see how they develop, choose the characters they like and the storylines they're fascinated by. I don't think they're as, as um, uh, the attention span is when, you, when you're into this kind of drama, they want to go on that journey, which is going to take them, you know, 8, 10, 12 weeks to find mm-hmm. out who these people are and what, what, how, what drives them. Absolutely. And and there's I- so many great characters on there for everyone to choose from, which is great. Just throwing that out. Well, no, it's great. <laughs> Sorry, that, just, no. <laughs> Excellent transition to my awkward, next. awkward, quiet sounds. <laughs> we keep segueing <laughs> into your questions for you. This is, I you, think, this, you get disapproving this is a mind looks. thing, a mind yeah. meld. Yes. Are these, these things linked? Because I want to get back to the story here. Okay. Because No, it's good. We've got yeah. this great uh, transition here to more characters. Because uh, we have this great scene with Max. Um, you know, obviously she's been taken hostage after she tried to escape, even though Eleanor's people were watching, Vane's people were watching, uh, she goes out and is immediately captured. Mm-hmm. We come and meet her as she's been tied up. Well, no, I got a question though. Oh, I don't know if I should wait till the end until we get to that scene. <sighs> oh, but... you just can't wait. Y- okay. Okay. So <laughs> my question is, Max says at the end, when she goes back to Vane's side, I lost your pearls for you. Not until my debt is done. Will I be done with what i owe you yep. does that mean that she was caught because of the pearls and that because she was related to the stranger that because they don't know who the stranger was that had the map um when they were trying to do the deal when long john silver had it i call him long john sorry but do you know he'll be they, long john eventually. Yeah, yeah so she was at the boat where he was supposed to be so did they already kind of figure out that she was tied into him well, she's the reason that they went looking for the stranger who we know is John Silver. Right. Um, and she's the, the deal broker, if you will, because they were there looking for right. that. The reason that Rackham fell into the water because he of that. Lost the pearls, yeah. So he okay. lost the, the pearls that he had as their trade money, basically. So she's offering service to Vane and to the crew, basically, to pay off, to this pay off debt. the debt. And she must obviously have another plan. <laughs> yes, we'd hope so. We would hope, <laughs> considering what they did to her. We would hope for yeah. another plan. Yeah. But I think that this is a twofold thing too, because obviously you're talking about another plan. This is definitely spitting in Eleanor's face, and it, the best mm-hmm. way you can. Like you, you are trying to save me after you've thrown me aside again. You know, and here, what can I do? Let's publicly humiliate you. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's go over to the guy you just chastised and took his crew away. Yeah, and say, you know what? I'm going to work with him. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. And that Vane will take her right in because what Eleanor did to him as well, because he knows the connection between Max with Eleanor. Just saying, just saying. And just he, saying. the reason he went in, you know, and uh, Calico Jack made that comment. Just remember, Eleanor's going to, like, he didn't say it outright, but he said, who else is going to see this as you doing this thing for these people that could potentially benefit you? Who else might look mm-hmm. on you kindly? Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, that's exactly what he meant. So, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No subtleties there. <laughs> It was sad though when she was all curled up and he goes, why, why did you leave? Oh, and she goes, why did you leave? Or what was her response to him with that question? It was her, your fault. No, 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 not that, not the rape scene. The, when she's first, we realize she's captured and she's kind of tied up and he gives her the. Oh, yeah. He said, yeah, why? What was the thing that she replied to him? She said. How did you feel when she threw you over? There Absolutely. it is. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so heartbreaking. Her heart is broken. They have a, a thing now, too, I think, that, that puts them on common ground. But she's strong. Yeah. For sure. Even though she's got a broken heart. She's. Yeah. She's got a plan. I, I like the, the relationship that we've seen develop with her and also with John Silver because they're always scheming and they're always there's always more to what they're doing and mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. I'm always about the scheming fellas. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it, it's all about survival. So, well, it's a tough world. Exactly. They're always got to have eyes in the back of their head, like Gates, and uh, and basically looking for the next opportunity to either make something or or, or just simply to survive. That's part of the nature of the. Of the world they live in. I agree. 
So do you think that we've covered in depth enough of this episode and we can get into this Mark Ryan well, interview that we need oh, to do here? Really, really quickly, let's talk about no, the rape scene. No, okay, let's, okay, let's talk about it. Uh, pointing out that the guy that was raping her was the guy that was demanding from Jack the pearls or for him to get his money back. And right. when I saw that connection, I was like, oh, jerk. And bad, bad. Someone kill him, please. Um, and then also Anne Bones when she and was. Bonnie. Anne Bonnie. Bonnie. Why did and I write Bones? Billy Bones. You're thinking Billy Bones. <laughs> okay. Anne Bonnie. <laughs> uh, when she was standing behind the plaque and, or the board and she was watching this all happen, was that her being scared or was that her just not wanting to witness the whole thing when she was watching the actual she was watching it because she was kind of hidden and then she almost went across to the other side away from Vane when Eleanor told them you need to choose a side and Vane threatened her and said Uh, if you go over there I'll kill you uh, there is a character thread for Anne Bonnie that will be revealed okay I've been waiting for Anne Bonnie I really have and so there uh, the elements of of that what you're picking out there mm-hmm. will be revealed in the next couple of episodes. Okay, but I think it'll answer the question. So my red why flag. she is why she is like she is. Cool. So my red flag was a legit red flag. Yes. Yeah. And Sweet. historically, she is a very well known ruthless pirate. So all of these things are, are dropped in there. You know, it's yeah. a bit like unpicking a, a, a really tightly wound knot. But they're all left in there for you to dig at and pick go, out. Oh, where is that going? That's the art. Right. And that's actually, I even commented on that when we were watching the episode. Uh, and since then, there's a scene where uh, Mr. Guthrie pulls a painting out from Miranda's behind her uh-huh. hush. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's a, a name on there, a, a Thomas Hamilton. But we don't know anything about that yet. So, Not yet. But it's dropped in there for us to think about. I can think of all week about who is... Who is that in that picture? Now you're gonna have everybody going back now and TiVo mm-hmm. in the episode, Re- rewinding st- it. Yep. Yes, rewinding it and looking <laughs> at it to find out what does that say? Who is that? Who's in that picture? There might be a clue in that. Well, I, I I watch a lot of movies and I'm a big fan of these subtle hints. And I look whenever I watch movies. Sometimes I stop watching the actors and actresses and I start looking at the set and I look at the things in the room because <laughs> somebody spent a large amount of time figuring out what poster I'm going to hang on the wall, what piece of china is going to be on this table, what how is this going to be laid out? Because there's always clues to what's going to happen in a show if you look around hard enough. Well, every shot has a purpose, and especially if it's at an awkward angle and you're like, why are they shooting it from that angle when they can have an easy straight head-on shot, there's a reason behind it. Maybe they want you to see something in the background that they didn't have. It's telling you a story. And exactly. Yeah. So, and, and, and with Anne Bonnie being subtly hidden behind that, maybe she's just trying to stay out of it as well. That could be her. You know what? I'm not here. I'm just going to stay right over out of the way. Or, I mean, I'm going to ignore you so you don't have to feel like you have to say anything. <laughs> or maybe she's been in a similar situation and it's bringing her back to a bad time frame of who, how she became who she is. Well, the question I think probably you might want to ask is why is it, did it look like she was either going to move forward and he says you move and you die? What, what, where was she going? What was she going to do? I think she was. <laughs> just survival. Yeah. Go <laughs> to the, to go to the crew. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. So question. So yes. So <laughs> let's talk about Mark Ryan. That's why we're all here, right? Oh, I mean, right. other than the amazing show Black Sales that we love so much. So you've been doing this for quite a long time, quite an extensive career in performing, um, leading all the way back to 1986. Wow. I I, I did a little history here. Um, well, 1976 actually. I'm well, sorry. That's just, <laughs> the internet only goes back to the 80s. I know. Go on. Go on. <laughs> So I'm curious, how did you get get started into acting? Because a lot of your acting experience in the early part has been stage acting, musicals and and theater and yes. that kind of performance. I, I started in the music business first. I, uh, my father was a, a singer in uh, a cabaret singer in Yorkshire, and I ended up doing shows at school, you know, Oliver and and uh, various shows like that, and just found that I had a you know it came naturally to me. It wasn't something that I really had to work at that. How I understood it, mm-hmm. and I remember standing um, doing a school show once and being backstage and looking up at all the lights and the and the curtains at the back of the stage and hearing this buzz outside of of an audience outside as they came in and sat, and I remember feeling very at home and going. This is where I want to be. I like being in that darkness, waiting to go on, and just feeling that that moment of chilling your mind and stilling your mind, and walking out on that stage. It was it was 
like that, just like the light went on in my head. And it was a, a long journey to get there via singing and, and uh, doing musicals and eventually ended up in the West End. Um, uh, my first show was a show called Dean about James Dean and I played all the bad guys in James Dean's life. Did my first stage knife fight. That was the first fight I ever choreographed. That was about 76 um, 70, uh, maybe 77. And, um, the next one was Evita, 78. And I was the original Magaldi in Evita. And then I'm crossed over and, and played Che Guevara. I think I'm the only guy that ever got to play Magaldi and then directly go into playing, uh, Che Guevara. Right. And that was directed by Harold Prince. And that was kind of the beginning of all of this mayhem. And then my first film was a film called Who Dares Wins. It was called The Final Option. It was about the Iranian embassy siege directed by Ian Sharp who then directed uh, Robin of Sherwood, and that's how I got involved with Robin of Sherwood. So it's been a long roller coaster. Arduous journey, if you will. Yeah, but, you know, I, an eclectic uh, mixture of stuff that I've ended up doing, it's choreographing fights and writing comic books or books about tarot cards and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. To me, it's all the same process, you know, but... No, I mean, and looking at some of the roles you played, I mean, you played Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls, yep. but then you toured with the Philharmonic playing Figaro. Uh, Donji, I played, uh, Don, in Don Giovanni, I played yeah. Leporello in Don Giovanni, and I sang Figaro and Figaro. We toured Germany in an English language version of Figaro and Don Giovanni. Yeah, it was absolutely that mental. Was like- one of the uh, Twitter questions I got as well was about they wanted to know more about your singing in your career, and I made a comment last week. I was like, "It'd be funny if we like got a clip of music and just played it to see if we could sing the song from it." Well, you know, they, they warned me against that, and they said that they might not go over. Well, I don't so. mind. I, I've, I wrote uh, a musical version of Wuthering Heights that's out there somewhere. If you Google Mark Ryan Wuthering Heights, there's a whole well, we have six songs online, but I wrote the entire thing. There's a twenty song musical based on the story of Wuthering Heights out there. We're still trying to get it put together, and, and my very close friend Ray Winston narrates it on the. I love it. On the ver- oh, race. <laughs> did you Half did you first life. meet him on uh, King Arthur or was that No, no. We we did a, we spent 3 years together on a show called Robin of Sherwood. He played Will okay. Scarlet and I played Nazir. So that's how far that goes back. Way back. Way back. Before King Arthur, way back before King Arthur. So you were just commenting on your uh first knife fight. Have you always been in into swords and knives and stage combat and that sort of thing i was one of those very strange you know kids that really should have been sent to you know some place and explained that sharp pointy objects are dangerous uh and i literally as a, a kid was into uh swords uh, and really weapons of all kinds i i made stuff in the metalwork room i was making swords in the metalwork room at school and down in the cellar in our house in doncaster i was just into it and i, and I think it was driven by I was a big reader of uh, uh, Michael Moorcock's Elric uh, books and the whole idea of, of, of Stormbring of the Sword. I was taken in by all of that, and I just loved the concept of the sword as a, as an art form as much as anything, uh, and the different styles of swords. But it, it all, they all sort of all kind of weaponry just kept appealing to me. So I don't know what that says about me. Other than no, that. it's fine. I, uh, <laughs> my first experience with stage combat, I played D'Artagnan in a production of Three Musketeers in uh, 2007. And ever since then, I've been doing stage combat as well. So, you know, it's one of those things you get it and then it starts getting more and you want more and you want more. And obviously working on King Arthur and well, all, even before then doing work with, uh, was it Knight's Tale? Bob, or not, sorry, uh, Bob Anderson. First night, first night, right? I, I was uh, approached, um, quite bizarrely by Bob Anderson to be his assistant for first night. So yeah, Richard Gere, Gere and I, yeah, we literally spent eight months, Richard Gere and I fighting at two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. And watching, and, and I, and for all the actors out there that think, you know, I'm just an actor, that's all I ever want to be, I just want to be in front of the camera. I, a little quick story. I had guys on that film come to me that I knew from Robin of Sherwood or from other things that I'd done in the UK going, why are you not playing a part? And I said, because I'm learning more about the mechanics of working on a big film here with Bob than I ever will on that side of the camera. And that is absolutely true. The the mechanics, and, and this came in, has come in many times working on the Transformers films, understanding how a big machine, a big budget film works behind the camera absolutely was one of the best educations I could get, both as a sword guy and, and doing all the work on the Transformers, but also as an actor to understand what's going on that side of the camera is vital. You know, and it helps the directors, it helps the sound guys. If you technically understand lighting guys, if you understand lighting, it helps everybody. So, you know, I was very lucky, very honoured to be asked by Bob, God rest his soul. Uh, and uh, I, I never regretted it at all. It was it was a fantastic learning curve. It's always nice to get all sides of the, you know, what's going on so you can 
help in many aspects and multiple jobs and it makes you marketable and well and and also it's to me it's all this the same process it, it's all part of the creative process and i get as much of a buzz out of standing on a stage in the west end or touring with eric idol like with monty python we ended up doing python two tour, nights right? yeah carnegie all we toured together you know for four months whatever it was i get as much buzz out of that as i did watching mads mickelson uh clive owen stellan skarsgård and all these people do fights that i'd choreographed to me standing in the tent watching those things being delivered by those actors that to me was as much as yes. that's a great closing fight scene as well in that movie oh and wow. this is the point where we need to make our Kier knightley reference as well our weekly Kier knightley yes. reference. oh we're oh go on no this last week we made a comment about comparison of eleanor guthrie and Kier knightley in terms of their look and sound and i wondered if there was any reason for the casting of hannah new in that role in terms of that look, but not exactly that look, or if it just was more I, coincidental. I don't think so, and it's funny because I, 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 Hannah and I have the same agent in London, and so we we kind of knew people in the same sort yeah. of you know, and we were chatting about that, and I actually I didn't wasn't a mistake. I just happened to say to her, I said, "You do have a little bit of Kira," yeah, and she was and, kind and of the like, jaw trying, and the nose, and yeah, try mm. not to have that. And I said, "Well, don't take it as an insult because let me tell you." Yeah. Kira is a game girl. She's a hard-working girl. And she's not only a very good actress, but she can throw herself around the set with the best of the stunt guys. So I said, don't take it as an insult, yeah, you know. Sure. Uh, and in fact, in King Arthur, when we were actually shooting some of those scenes, they had to tone it down. Because I had her literally covered in blood and hacking people to pieces. And there was one scene where she actually comes up covered in blood after stabbing some big sacks into smithereens. And uh, Antoine Fuqua turned to me, looked at me and went, I guess she's not Elizabeth Swan. No more. <laughs> no more. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> blood. It looked fantastic. It got cut out of the film. Anyway. <laughs> Why is they always cutting out the scenes where the women are covered in blood? Those are the best ones. Oh, she was fantastic. Yes, no, she's very good. She was a good archer. I taught her archery as well. Coached her with that. And that's the other thing I do when I'm not, you know, got nothing else to do in show business. Why not sword fight a little bit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I actually got questions about about the black sales you being on black sales you ready for them far away sure absolutely Uh, are we going to learn more about gates and what his history is on the show or is it kind of what you see is what you get uh no what you're going to get and again i can talk about it but i won't give it away in 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 um in detail is for me one of the great pleasures of this and in fact stanley tucci on the set of transformers 4 asked me about this when he was talking to Michael about the show, and Michael said, tell him. He was going, I hear this thing's like amazing. And I said, yeah, we got talking about it. And uh, and I said, we got to do a scene, uh, Toby Stevens and I, which is almost a nine-minute dialogue scene. It's an argument. But it's a backwards and forwards about the tactics of what we're going to do. And it ranges over many subjects. And you get to hear their history played mm-hmm. out within this conversation. And to me, it was so exciting to do a scene. And Stanley said, nine minutes. You never get to do it. In a film, you don't get to do yeah. that, right? Well, an hour sure. television show. You I said, you know, yeah. and, and the tension and the backwards and forwards. And there's one other scene that we did, which is about seven minutes long, where I get to do a monologue about the nature of a pirate's relationship, spiritual relationship to the ocean. Oh, wow. Talking about our relationship to nature, the ocean, death, life, everything. And it's all in that two-minute monologue. And so you will hear that, and that explains some of their history Mm -hmm. together and why they're friends and loyal to each other. And um, what a great gift, uh, uh, you know, to do in the show. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, like I said, for an hour-long drama, you had a nine-minute scene or several-minute monologue is... Doesn't happen a whole lot, so no. We definitely, no. we definitely are looking forward to that. Then, in terms of getting more history, more background, because mm. we started to get it this week. Even you know when you talk to Horn Gold a little bit and the past relationship there, and then you know we see also that you have a great relationship with Flint because you're always going back and forth. But you even commented in this episode that you are of the same mind, that you guys are on the same page. We're on the same, yeah. yeah. We share a, a shorthand, yeah, yeah. almost like a, a telepathy sort of communication which is which and let me and a big shout out to toby stevens because we'd never met 
I'd been on to the set, fun enough, to have lunch with Bob Anderson when he was doing Die Another Day. Uh-huh. And so Toby was there, but we never met. Uh, he was off somewhere else and w- was rehearsing, and we, we were having lunch. So it was kind of weird, and actually we brought it up the first night we went out, sat down, had dinner together, and talked about what we were going to do, how we were going to work this. I told him that story, and he went, how bizarre, how careers and lives, how that works, you know right? what I mean, how, how it works. In the same place at the same time, probably with, at one point, Bob would have been literally talking to both of us maybe at the same time or something. And um, we literally hit it off the, the very first day. We, we, we knew what we were doing. And um, our what glued it together was the sense of humour. Mm. And we had a lot of fun. We laughed from the first moment we got there in the morning. We'd start off taking absolutely the rise out of each other. And it went on all day. And, but it, it, it eased the tension on the set. You know, when you've got that kind of jokey thing, except there was one day that we had a guest star come in and there's another character that comes in later on. And we were just ripping at each other sitting because we would sit, we'd sit side by side in the makeup room. And we were literally ripping each other and screaming with laughter with the makeup girls. And I just happened to catch this eye in the mirror around over there of somebody else. And he was literally looking at us like, are they like this all the time? Is it, what are they, are they, is this what are they doing? What are they doing? And I just happened to catch his eye and you could see him go, look away really quickly because <laughs> he was like going, oh, I just got caught peeking. You know, it was like, no, it, no, they're like this all the time. It's non-stop. And we got permission to laugh by, by Brad, so it was cool. As long as you got permission yeah. that it's fine to laugh another yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, one of my last questions would have to be, what is, who is your favorite character, not actor on this season or in the season so far um there are so many great little character twists uh, 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 brought to uh the various characters who don't appear to be um main characters um uh, the the cook randall randall Randall. i mean i want the cat to come back (laughs) when we did that we're in the read through. I almost fell off my chair laughing. I was, it was like, are you, it was all like, are you, are you for real? Very funny. And they brought all those little characters bring out a, a, a again, a texture, a fleshy, mm-hmm. they flesh it out by bringing something personal to it. So I've got lots of, of, of favorite uh, characters and probably like the Randall, the ones you wouldn't think of. So, mm-hmm. you know, no, we've been thinking about beats. him all week. Every I'm waiting week. for that cat to come back. Yeah, with the cat from the first episode. Oh, was the, eaten. The scream. <laughs> the guy that did the fruit, fruit, tits, tits, oh, yeah. plant, yeah. plant. If you actually look at his face when he's doing it, the actual thought process that is going on, they're both the same. It's absolutely brilliant. I went, that is brilliant. I, you know, I don't know if I could do it like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did it so well. It's like total confusion they're the same what's wrong with you so there was lots of excellent little uh, performances brought on by the south african actors that were that really to me you know make those characters that uh, just maybe a day you know they come in they do a day one day yeah but they changed the whole Mm. quality the feel of the the i actually tweeted out that picture this week and i had people offer to buy it from me (laughs) they were like where can i get this i need it for my college dorm room it was just the guy staring at the picture said fruit fruit tits tits Plants, plants. I don't get it. And it was, people were tweeting me about buying it. So, I mean, it must have stood out enough that it was that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, no, they've got lots of little, I couldn't go through the whole lot. Mm-hmm. We'd be here all night. Yeah. We, we got all time. <laughs> <laughs> how much time you got? <laughs> I'm here. So, so that doesn't answer the question, though. Which is your favorite? Oh, how about major character, then? Oh, favorite major we'll, character. We'll take out, not I, I'm happy Randall's one of them, though. Yes. I'm happy. We'll, we'll take out minor characters. Favorite major character, it can be yourself. Not actor. We wouldn't blame you. Yeah. You are a great character. So I loved it this week. <laughs> um, uh, look, I mean, uh, just to, I'll just say, I mean, Gates is is a gift for any actor. Um, to have a character where you get to be funny, aggressive. You haven't seen him lose his temper yet. Mm-hmm. You will. Um, um, he's got to be cunning. He's got to have this three hundred and sixty degree awareness of politically what's going on, or, or and to have that. Uh, as a character where you can play on all those notes and all those tunes in your head it's an absolute gift you know i mean snake by the nature of some of the characters 
they tend to be they're playing down one avenue because that's the way they're written and that's where the character is drawn this character is able to go all over the, the map and so for me that was a great um a gift uh, of a part to to to, uh, to be given um i guess I think Max is one of my favourite characters for lots of different reasons, not only because Jess is such a good actress. I mean, when she did that scene where she's crying and we go to get her, oh, it was, I was, that was difficult. That was, again, that was a difficult scene to do. And um, she was, it was heartbreaking. She absolutely brought it to life. Um, everybody's good, though. It's such a good cast. And... Uh, Everybody brought their A game. There's nobody that didn't turn up wanting to do yeah, the do the best it's a they great could. Ensemble cast that everyone, no, everyone stands out every single yeah. week, and everyone looks amazing every single week. So I think that's going to be a, a tribute to this show and how well it's being done. That they're getting this out of every character and how well it's been cast. Yeah, yeah. It's going mean, to keep people coming back every week. When when we did the first read through, honestly, we we. We all of the, the cast went outside. We were stood outside, waiting to sort of, go, and we all sort of milled about for a bit. And everybody was going, "Can you believe this? Can you believe what we just what we're involved with here?" I mean, there was a genuine, and there is a genuine sense of of knowing that you're involved with something special, which is going to endure. I think in people's minds for a long a time. You know, and the last time this happened to me was Robin and Sherwood. When we did Robin, everybody knew that cast and what that show became. Um, we knew we were we were gifted with this this vehicle, you know, in this world to play in, and this is the same thing. This is this show has got that feel for me. I, I agree. From even from the early trailers last year, when I was seeing stuff in July, August, September, talking about it, it had that feel that it's going to be something more than anything else that's out there right now. So, all right, I've got one final question. One final question. Maybe maybe two or three. We'll see. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I want to know if there's anything you can tell us about Transformers because everyone out there knows that you voice some of the characters on Transformers. Uh, and there any hints you can give us on what's going to happen in that? Um, I think this one is, is, is a different feel to the film. I think everybody that was Mark on, Wahlberg, on the, I can go wrong. F- fantastic. Um, the cast again is, is, you know, you've got Kelsey Grammer, you know, um, uh, uh, Stanley Tucci. You've got you've got a great cast. Mark Wahlberg. Every again, everybody's everybody's good in it, and I could f- you could feel it on the set. There was a, sl- a different feel. So um, it's it's a it's a continuation of the story, and this is the next chapter. Are they taking it in a new direction? Would you say then, getting away from the earlier uh, Transformer movies and moving it into a new direction where they can continue the franchise from? couple more movies i think it's the next chapter in the in the story i wouldn't say they're going to change big elements in right it because yeah, obviously, obviously they, the characters. they work the characters work uh and certainly bumblebee and and optimus have this massive worldwide recognition and following so you don't tinker with stuff too much but you right. can take the story on to the next chapter take the best elements of what was successful last time and and give it a slightly different flavor and a, 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 and send like you say send it off in a different direction um it was fantastic being on the set very exciting once again i love working with michael he's such a powerhouse is this the uh first time that you've met like did you meet michael bay through the transformers movies yes from the very first one i've worked on all four right um and in case you, people don't know what i do when i'm go doing ahead, just go ahead and do it uh i'm i'm on the set uh, and I am all the robots during the filming of the robot scenes. I'm doing the dialogue with the actors, and usually, you know, they, they don't they don't put me in a black suit with bubbles on it. And the ILM guys say, "Stand there with a pole." And we've got it down to a fine art now, where I'm watching the DP's monitor and Michael's monitor, and Michael can give me directions, and I've got phones on so I can hear the actors and the mic, so that I can do the the dialogue. Um, different pacings, different ways. If he wants it a bit more aggressive, and so obviously sometimes I've done Optimus Prime. I am Optimus Prime, and um, do different voices on the set, and and do different pacings so the actors can react in a different way. I'm there just to help the actors do the best when you're looking at a metal pole with a light on top, and so hopefully that. that and I think we've done that quite successfully, and um, it's become 
you know, w w a whole kind of technique of its own now, you know. Uh, but it's great fun, and I and I just love being, particularly in the post-production as well with Michael. We have a laugh. We have a lot of fun. He'll go try that funny voice, do that other thing, that other thing that you do, and we and we'll try different voices and different pacings, and then obviously he takes that and and uses what he wants to for the editing. Perfect. All right. Well, that pretty much sums up our time with you today, Mark. So thank you so much for coming in and spending. Thank you time keep with looking us. around as if there's a clock that says <laughs> there, there is always. A We've clock. gone into overtime. Get we Ryan have. out of here. Stop no, it's cool. talking for God's sake. But we, we do have a part of the show here at the end that we like to do every week. We call the AfterBuzz TV prediction. Oh, the prediction. Your AfterBuzz oh. TV prediction. Okay. So can you give us any predictions for what you think is going to happen in episode four? Oh, um, without giving away too much. Of course. Well, I you think, know. and now you've seen that that it looks like Mister Gates will become a, a captain in his own right for for however long or for whatever purpose. That means he will have to pass on his quartermaster's job to somebody on the boat, and you'll have to work out, you know, who that is going who, to be. Who is it? Me? Is it me? I think it's me, Billy. Billy. You think um, Billy's Billy. being groomed to be yeah. quartermaster? Billy's I do. Everything that Gates has been talking to him seems like he's groomed. And about a big shout out to Tom as well. Before yeah. we go, Tom Hopper, yeah. what a great guy! What a super, super, great super, guy. and a good actor as well. So yes, he's. I would predict this. Probably you can see a promotion in Billy Bones's future, perhaps. Perhaps, Roy. Perhaps. What do you think? All right, I have it written down, which is great. Uh, Randall will show up with his cat. That's one I'm going to say. I, 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 it's interesting that you should say that. And again, without trying to give anything away, you might see, we could predict that you might see the cat again. I'm not going to give the circumstances of how you're going to see the cat again. I feel bad news might, either way. <laughs> uh, no, maybe not. There's maybe a stew not. in the future you know, of the yeah, crew. Yeah. Celebration stew, if you will. I could say that, that there's it could look out for that. See, I'm not crazy cat. talking about the cat and Randall. Just saying. Just saying. It's, you're not like a crazy cat lady. Or no. Not at all. A little bit, no. Um, <laughs> I definitely think Max is going to sleep with Vane. That's something she's going to do to get back at Eleanor. And Ooh, for Vane to get too. back Ooh. at Eleanor. Ooh, dear, um, that's a wild one. Yeah. That is a wild one. Okay. Wild I, I felt, no, I felt that at the end of this week's episode that that was coming. That yeah. there was going to be some... No wow. pun intended right now. No, well done. Um, and then I think Eleanor's father is going to sneak out and do, sorry, pointing in an arrow, which shows me nowhere, uh, is going to sneak out of the house and someone's going to find him and that's just going to lead to another issue. Uh, and see, I disagree. I think that we're going to see more with Guthrie and uh, Miranda and I think it's going to help change Guthrie's appearance in the show. I hope so because I'm the way not he a big treats fan of people. Yeah. Do you think, let me plant this seed in your head, do you think that Mr. Guthrie is duplicious? Yes. Well, then there might be some mm -hmm. skullduggery that goes on. I'm not skullduggery is all we yeah. need in the show. I'm not show. saying anymore, but yes, I'm, I would say that's possibly in somebody's future. Mm -hmm. well, all right, then there you have it. First hand, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mark Ryan, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in this week. Yeah. At the oh, TV thank Black you, guys. Mark, tell us uh, where the viewers can find you if they want to find out more information about them. Oh, um, well, I Twitter. I'm Mark Ryan243 on Twitter, and we're all Twittering like crazy for stars to help, you know, keep the thing, you know, rolling on. But I'm also, I have my own website, themarkryan.com. You can come by and say hello there. Uh, there's a Wildwood Tarot site that I, obviously, I've written two books about tarot, so you can catch it with a blog there and drop onto that site and if not I'm kind of all over the net really roaming around I do a thing called Combat Radio on Fridays with Ethan Denton my LA Talk Radio we do a show there do a lot of charity work and all kinds of stuff so I'm out there trust me alright there you go let's see find Mark Ryan Roya where can we find you at you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey Roya that's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A and as always you can find me at RyanHooks92 on Twitter Instagram Snapchat and Yahoo thank you guys for tuning in we will see you next week with episode 4 from executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.